Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with C.J. Mahaney. This podcast is devoted to helping ordinary pastors with the extraordinary privilege and responsibility of serving God's people in their local church. All right, gentlemen, uh, this is the first podcast of the Ordinary Pastor in Sovereign Grace. It's always been our heart to serve local pastors so that they can better serve their local churches. And to that end, we hope to produce a monthly podcast for you guys uh, to hear from CJ on a variety of different topics. So without further ado, CJ, let's just jump right in. Uh, Today we wanted to talk about um, CJ's return to pastoring uh, after a a bunch of years just serving Sovereign Grace in a variety of capacities. Uh, First of all, just... Okay, before you jump in, though, first of all, thank you for asking me to do this. That This invitation is an honor. Uh, I have the deepest respect for our pastors. And so if I can serve them in some small way, that brings me joy. So thank you for this invitation. Excellent. You will serve them in a large way. I hope so. Okay, first question. Um, When did you start thinking about and have a desire for a return to pastoring? Um, So how did did this all come about that you started Mm -hmm. thinking about this? And Mm -hmm. where was your heart as far as returning? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea to return to pastoral ministry, it, it didn't originate with me. I, I was happily serving Sovereign Grace pastors, but I would guesstimate around 10 years ago, uh, a number of voices, both friends within Sovereign Grace and friends outside of Sovereign Grace, uh, just began to bring to my attention their concern that I wasn't preaching consistently anymore, uh, their concern that this would uh, represent a neglect of what they would think is a primary gift in my life. So that certainly set it all in motion. And I can remember at one point a good friend who was not a part of Sovereign Grace pleading with me over the phone and making this statement, CJ, don't die behind a desk making administrative decisions. Excellent. Die behind a pulpit preaching the gospel. Uh, So the, the culmination of this was, in effect, to just set in motion a process where I began to pray, I began to pursue counsel about returning to pastoral ministry that eventually resulted in my return to pastoral ministry. And actually, my, my only regret is not returning sooner. Um, I've always viewed myself as the worst sinner I know and as an ordinary pastor, so it is the purest of joys to have returned to pastoral ministry. Amen. I can understand that. What's What's been the most rewarding aspect of your return to pastoral ministry? Mm, that's a good particularly question. Preaching. Mm. Well, I, I would say the rewards have been numerous. Uh, serving with the unique team of friends I serve with here, I think it has been the most rewarding aspect. Uh, doing this with Bob and Jeff and Gary and Brian, watching them flourish as they serve this church, observing the effect of their service in this church uh, has consistently brought tears to my eyes uh, on a Sunday. So that's been one sweet uh, reward. Uh, I would say second, just the privilege to serve the members of this wonderful church uh, with the gospel each and every week. This this church, as you know, Mickey, is a joy to preach to. They are attentive. They are responsive. uh, They are appreciative. It is a happy place where people are happy to serve. So that's certainly been a reward. And then uh, certainly having my entire family, uh, the family I don't deserve, all participate, all eagerly participate in this venture uh, has been a unique gift to me as well. So the the rewards of returning to pastoral ministry uh, have been numerous. 
Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Uh, speak to the rewards of preaching again, yeah. since that was a primary impetus. Yes, that is a very good question. Well, the as you well know, the, the, the privilege of being able to preach to those you are doing life with, uh, to, to preach on a regular basis to those you love, uh, to serve a particular congregation as as opposed, I mean, it's a it's a privilege to preach the gospel in any context, but there's simply no comparison between the context of a conference or being a guest speaker at another church, yes. and the privilege and joy of of preaching uh, to those you are serving and living out life with. So, uh, it, it's it's just the excitement that that I feel on a weekly basis, the joy of of uh, having unhurried time to prepare God's word, uh, what, a, what a privilege that is just in and of itself, but then to prepare it with those I love in mind uh, is is just a, a, a joy I had lost touch with. Uh, again, it was a privilege to, to serve in the role as president, um, but that role didn't require uh, the service of a particular congregation with preaching each and every week, and I, I'm I'm just so glad uh, that I got to do it again. Yeah. That I got to do it again. Yep. Yes. Um, I, I think a lot of guys may think, "Wow, speaking at conferences, speaking to thousands of people, uh, that's really the height of preaching ministry." Mm-hmm. Um, speak to that guy about just the the joys, the privilege of just speaking to the same people mm. week after week, just building year after year mm. with with preaching in the gospel. How yeah. would you encourage that guy? Uh, it would not be difficult for me to encourage that guy. Uh, so first, I don't, I don't want to be critical of having the privilege to preach the gospel no. in any context. Okay, So an invitation to preach at a conference or a guest speaker at a church, it is a privilege and it is a unique joy. But it it cannot compare uh, with the role of pastoral ministry in caring for, here, here's, the, here's the wonder of it all, Mickey, which you are very familiar with. The chief shepherd temporarily entrusts two individuals like us, those for whom he died, so that we might serve them with the gospel, so that we might direct their attention to the one who died for them, and so that we might do it on a weekly basis. It, it simply it doesn't get any better than that. To, to preach to those you know, to preach to those who know you, uh, to know the condition of those individuals, their souls, to look out and recognize everyone, uh, know most, if not all, by name, uh, and to do that repeatedly um, in a context where together then you all are applying the gospel as you scatter to serve. Uh, I've I've never been in a conference context um, or even had the privilege to be a guest speaker at a church where when I'm done, I'm not, if anything, more eager to get back home, <laughs> so, yeah. So a privilege, a joy, but I, I'm, if anything, I'm more eager to get back home. Uh, so we we just have a unique experience uh, 
in pastoral ministry. And, and that's why I think our, our lives should be characterized by a consistent gratefulness yep. um, that the chief shepherd has has called us to this task in a particular loca- particular locality. I would also, here, here's what I would say if I was having any conversation with any of our pastors. I would just say, listen, there, there are world-class preachers. You know of these world-class preachers. Uh, we all appreciate them and we learn from them. Uh, but they can't do in your local church what you can do. So yes, if Sinclair Ferguson was the guest speaker at your church, he would preach, uh, one might say, a better sermon. But he wouldn't be able to care for the people the way you can care for the people. He wouldn't be able to nuance the message and apply the message. He wouldn't have a heart for those people in the same way you do. So I would argue that a guest speaker cannot do what a pastor can do. So one shouldn't be comparing oneself unfavorably to the Pipers and and the Fergusons of this world because I would say to any local pastor, you actually are the most effective preacher to your church on a weekly basis. Uh, and so you should prepare with that in mind and stand behind the pulpit, um, confident in God's care for your church and confident in God's blessing on your call to serve that church through preaching. Amen. Yeah, I, 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 just as you're saying those things, I'm thinking back to the many conferences celebration conferences in particular, Mm. where you'd end uh, just commending uh, the local pastors and the local preachers, which was which such wisdom, and I, mm. I just couldn't agree with more. What these guys mm. do week after week, labors among God's people. Yes, uh, it's just a great privilege, great joy. Yep, and they will receive a great yep. reward. Well, these guys, they're doing the most important work. They're doing the most difficult work. Yep. I, I think guest speakers are overrated, and I think <laughs> I think people have a tendency to assign exaggerated significance to guest speakers. I think I think also you know as 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 having this privilege of being a guest speaker, often what I, I'm reaping when I preach. And so I want to make sure the people in that church know that it's because their pastors have faithfully sowed over the weeks, months, and years yes. that, that any contribution I'm making on a particular Sunday is, is, is fruitful. And anybody who is a guest speaker needs to very much keep that in mind. So yes, yes local pastors are doing the most difficult work. And what we want to do uh, is, is just affirm them and encourage them in every way we possibly can. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So when you have a guest speaker, if you're listening and you're a guest speaker, just remember, honor those yes. local pastors who oh have sown the seeds over the years. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think it is incumbent upon a guest speaker, Mickey, to not only preach faithfully from the text, and obviously that is most important, but I would say 1A would be to make sure that before you preach that you are doing what you can to encourage the church, to identify evidences of grace in the church, to draw attention to what you've observed of the pastoral pastoral team in private, uh, and to make sure that you know, you're informed by 1 Thessalonians 5, where the command is to, to hold the local pastors in the highest regard. So I'm aware when I'm a guest speaker, there's a tendency on the part of those I'm addressing to hold me in a higher regard. And and I don't want that to take place. So I I I want a good five minutes before I preached uh, to to be able to commend the church, identify evidences of grace, and do all I can to build that church into the pastoral team and express my appreciation for the pastoral team. Yep. 
So yeah, Amen. Just for the for the pastors listening to this, thank you, man. Yes, uh, you have our utmost. You're in our prayers. Yep. Uh, you have our gratitude, and uh, I know you you God God is pleased. So thank you, man. Yep. And yep. I hope you hear that. Um, slightly different question. So um, how are things different? Just you personally, just how you think about pastoring, leading a church from before. So what are things that that you've grown and want to do differently and then what are some of the things let's start with these what are the bedrock these are non-negotiable unchangeable whether it's a church plant whether you've been part of church for a long time what are the bedrock um truths that you're you're bringing bedrock theology of leadership and then how are some of the ways you think you've changed or grown Mm. from then to now (laughs) good questions Well, as to how I've changed or grown, uh, I mean, I'm hope, I hope I've grown, uh, but I think that would be more appropriate for others to answer. How about if you answer that? <laughs> because one of the ways you observed growth right, get Jeff in, Bob in my in life, here, yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think others would more appropriately answer uh, that question. But in, in, in we'll, terms we'll of... We'll see. Um, I'll, come, I'll come around to that. Yeah, yeah. To conduct your own evaluation, please. <laughs> uh, but, but what things haven't changed? Well, I mean, the proclamation and the application of the gospel hasn't changed. This church, by God's grace, is built upon the gospel. It's built with the gospel. Our initial series was from Philippians, uh, and by the time we arrived at chapter 3, where Paul writes, uh, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you, I communicated to the church, in effect, from the outset of the church, uh, we're a same things church. We are a same things church. We are a gospel-centered, everything church. So we are not going to be accenting some new topic. We're not going to be forming some new passion uh, and different passion each and every month. And then as for um, what informs us theologically, it really would be the the seven shared theological values that are available uh, on the Sovereign Grace website. None of that has has changed. We're, We're looking for the old paths theologically, uh, while at the same time, we want new geographical locations for church plants. Mm -hmm. So nothing has changed in that regard um, in how I'm seeking, how we are seeking to serve and and lead this church. Okay. So circling back around to changes, not necessarily have you grown, but have you thought about in in the interim, uh, when I start pastoring again, there's some things that I'd like to do differently or better, just what, things you might have yeah, learned? Or Good question. Uh, here's been one of the uh, many joys of, of returning to pastoral ministry. Uh, when we arrived and in the months prior to the official launching of the church, uh, I told the guys, listen, we, we aren't going to make any assumptions. So, I mean, I, this is an unusual church plant. I'm unusually blessed to be able to serve with these guys. There's like 800 years of pastoral experience <laughs> represented uh, among the five of us. But I said, rather than assume that our experience and past should inform what we do, why don't we have just a fresh theological look at everything we are going to do? Let's take some time to unhurriedly study all aspects of this church and church life. And so we've remained consistent with that, and that that has been a particular joy. So we began with a, a fresh study of you know the components of our Sunday meeting. What what is the purpose of our Sunday gathering? Uh, and so we restudied that, even though I'm looking around the room at again some serious experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and everyone found the study invigorating. And because different guys had, had also learned from different other contexts, then we were able to bring the best of those contexts to what we wanted to design as the most God-glorifying, uh, church-edifying Sunday meeting possible. So a, a lengthy period of time was invested in, in, in study and discussion for the creation of how we approached uh, the most important event in the life of the church each week, the gathering of the church, and in particular, uh, the preaching of God's word each and every week. And by the way, we've, we've remained consistent with that. When we, when we started this church, um, I, told the guys that uh, I, I didn't want us to try to accomplish too much too quickly uh, and that I wanted us to enjoy this church plant, didn't want us to become impatient, uh, didn't want us to compare ourselves unfavorably with other churches and church plants. So in our first year, we really uh, concentrated on the Sunday meeting, uh, extending hospitality and, uh, and evangelism. We, we actually did not have uh, formal small groups the first year. And that was part of the reason, even though we had more than enough small group leaders, part of the reason for that was we wanted to restudy small groups again. So what have we learned about small groups in the past? What will we do differently now in relation to small groups? So uh, that approach to uh, all we've done here of significance, I, I think, has, has, has served us in, in the creation and planning of this church. Uh, and I, I think we've been able to avoid uh, impatience um, uh, avoid trying to accomplish too much too quickly. And I think by God's grace, we've also been able to enjoy this process. Ch church planting can't be hurried, in, in my opinion. It just can't be. Uh, and and it, it, it involves sowing. Listen, if you're going to build a healthy, fruitful church, it's going to take you many years. And there, there's no method that exists that's going to accelerate that. Uh, so I, my heart uh, for church planters would be that, that they really have realistic expectations when they begin a church plant, uh, that, 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 they, that they accomplish a few things and the most important things well, uh, and that they just realize that building a healthy, fruitful church is going to involve decades of their lives. It's going to involve much sowing. It's going to involve sowing with tears. And the reaping, it's out of your hands. The timing of it, the degree of it, the extent of it, it's it's out of your hands. Uh, and, and I think that perspective can make the, the, the joy of, it can, it can bring joy to church planning because I have the deepest respect for our church planters. I, listen, I, this, what we've done here, th this is not a normal church plant, which is why I rarely talk about it publicly unless somebody draws me out about it. Because uh, most church plants are, you know, they involve risk, they involve sacrifice, they are difficult. Um, I've had it good here with the team of people I'm serving with and those who accompanied us here. So I just have the deepest respect for church planters and, and, and want to do all I can to, to serve them and, and, and help them set uh, realistic goals and have realistic expectations for the challenge yeah. of church planting. Excellent. All right. Um, just to follow up on that a little bit, last question, and then we'll pick this up next month. Okay. Um, you had a unique opportunity to reevaluate everything by planning a church. What about a guy that's been 10, 15, 20 years in? How would you, how would you recommend uh, a team approach the whole idea without change for change's sake, but just constant evaluation yes. and thinking through uh, how, just give us give some help on this one yeah well i mean what i would say 
to to any and every pastor is to just just don't assume uh, that because there is a certain degree of effectiveness in relation, let's say, to your Sunday meeting, uh, that it that you and the pastoral team wouldn't benefit from a fresh study of all aspects of that pastoral of, of that Sunday meeting, and then also you know lifting up your eyes and looking about what what can you learn from other ch churches um, other denominations other other movements uh, so i would encourage any senior pastor or lead pastor to think through all of the major components and major ministries in their church and to work through a process where you you are regularly um, re-studying, re-looking uh, at the topic, first and foremost from Scripture, finding your way to a good supplemental book that everyone can read together, that can provoke conversation. Uh, again, just unhurried time by pastors reflecting on, okay, what, what would we do differently if we began this church now? Uh, what can we do differently then as a great, result of great this questions yep. yeah as a result of this study uh, and interaction so I, I I think I think each and every senior pastor and lead pastor and each and every pastor on a pastoral team there, there should be a sense in which we are just grateful for the grace of God I mean just <laughs> our 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 service of the church should be characterized by gratefulness to God for the many evidences of grace. So I want I want that to be a pronounced experience um, in each and every pastor's life. But I also would like there to be, I think it's helpful, if there's a certain dissatisfaction with, with what we are doing, not discouragement, that's different, uh, but a dissatisfaction so that um, we can grow because there's always ways to grow. So uh, the question you ask is, is, is one in which not simply applicable to a church planter who then can rethink prior to launching a church. I think it's applicable to any pastor, and I would, I would encourage every pastor to consider which aspect of Sunday or uh, a certain ministry in the church can they do a fresh study of evaluation of how can they grow how can they improve excellent all right we're going to close for this month guys thank you for listening uh one thing i want to encourage you to do because this is to serve you uh send me uh, any topics you'd like us to cover send me any questions you'd like us to cover because uh, we want to we want to do what is going to best serve you guys so thanks for listening thanks for being a part and we'll be with you again next month and that concludes our podcast for this month. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next time.